A quick hello and we're good oh. to go. Welcome to the show, Shaina. <laughs> I didn't realize I'd be getting something that epic straight out of the gates. Wow, thank you for that. Oh, right, yeah, okay. <laughs> People who know me know they're going to get it and they, they're not surprised and you were surprised. It makes surprised. me very happy. This is episode 152, I think, so it's nice to still be able to surprise people after 152 episodes. Lovely to meet you. Um, Great to meet you. We've actually had a quick chat. We've had a few guests the last few weeks. Is I didn't explain it correctly, and I didn't say, actually, you know, we're going to be live as soon as it goes. Uh, and so people kept pitching up really late. So this time I've, I've, I've made the effort and said, China, can you please turn up 10 minutes before? So we've actually had a quick chat. Now... I had a look at your brand set, and if we can show that, what I love about it is you're a social media expert, and of course, social media dominates. You've got LinkedIn, you've got uh, Instagram, you've got Twitter. I don't know which one you focus most on. Is it LinkedIn or is it Twitter or is it Instagram? It's LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I'm able to connect one-on-one -on -one with uh, other business owners. It's a B2B platform, so for me, it just makes the most sense to put my energy there. <laughs> which is wonderful and your site is number two and i'd just like to draw everybody's attention to the fact that your entity shina you're an entity which sounds a bit rude but in <laughs> fact an entity is a thing an identifiable thing or person or object or uh, company or street or shop or whatever it might be that google can get to grips with and what it needs is to know where the home for that entity is and what you've managed to do is make Google understand that your home or the home of your entity, as Google understands it, is chinaweisinger.com. And it's ranking that very high. And I think for most people, if you search your personal name, you won't see your personal site ranking that high. So kudos for that. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> Next, we're on to videos. And I had a quick look at the videos. Absolutely lovely. You must make absolutely boatloads of videos. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my background is video production, so uh, I hope so, right? <laughs> yeah, and sure. And, and the interesting thing is people tend to think that Google will put YouTube videos on the home page of Google, sorry, on the SERP for Google. Yeah. But in fact, we've got Facebook here, and Anton, right. who's running the technical stuff behind, gets Twitter all the time. Facebook is obviously something Google sees your audience as engaging with in video rather than LinkedIn. Is that true? Yeah, usually. Um, generally speaking, the Facebook videos that you'll see are going to be me um, doing something like this with another company or person and just chatting with their audience about how they can help themselves in social. So that makes sense because you have a lot of people who are tuning in live and then that live broadcast ends up being downloaded um, or like still on Facebook where people can access it. So that, that okay. makes sense. Yeah, that no, tracks. No, that's absolutely brilliant. It's a really yeah. lovely point is people think YouTube, YouTube, YouTube for my brand SERP. Uh, what videos are going to appear when somebody searches my name? And in fact, in your case, it's Facebook because that's where your audience engages. And that's key to your brand SERP. It's where do people engage? What is Google showing? It's show, showing where people engage, what is relevant, and what is valuable. And the third one was YouTube, and I'm terribly pleased with myself here. Uh, I, I say myself, and in fact, it's Anton who's <laughs> who, who's the king of YouTube. And we're ranking in the top few if we can show that one please anton oh yeah no oh there you go we're quite near the top there we um, go <laughs> you can see us right down there we're at the bottom of the top as it were and on youtube i get the feeling there is still quite an awful lot of content isn't there yeah there's a lot of content that we put on youtube 
brilliant stuff. So um, that's us looking at your brand SERP and on your YouTube brand SERP. And I think people overlook, I mean, YouTube is obviously incredibly, incredibly important that what appears on YouTube when somebody searches your name or your brand name is still very important. Do you actually pay attention to that or not at all? You know, um, my personal brand, not so much with Repurpose House. We'll do it more um, with the company. So it's for myself, I just, I like to educate. So it's not really a self-promotional thing. Actually, this is kind of fun to do because I haven't searched myself in a really long time. So this is actually very interesting for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the problem is I search people all the time and I actually track people and you're now tracked in my system and it's a bit creepy. It looks like I'm stalking them, but it isn't. It's just, I'm curious about what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. And what Anton was showing there is that when we go live, we immediately push up the rankings to number two or number three, often number one, is that YouTube is very reactive to what's going on at the time. Uh, perhaps more than Facebook, maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? I feel like YouTube probably, yeah, for sure. It's going to, I feel like it has, I honestly, I, first, I agree with you with the, with the YouTube right. slash Google because it's powered by Google. And Google, I mean, Facebook is powerful, but I feel like Google's got a little bit of a leg up there. Yeah, I think, I mean, Google's moving towards this real-time aspect. It's yeah. moving towards the idea of saying, like, what's happening now? What's interesting now? Um, and I've seen it on YouTube more recently than I did before. I'm seeing more and more on YouTube things that are proposed to me, suggested to me, that are happening right now. Um, right. And Facebook, as you implied, and I can say it, is a bit behind the times. I like Twitter for that as well, because we actually stream to Periscope, and Periscope tends to get quite a lot of views, because I think <laughs> it actually works really, um, really well. Now, we, we have people in the audience, and I think we might have attracted some of your audience, which is lovely. Is that how <laughs> I don't mess it up on social, is that I make sure I communicate with the audience I want to aim at, which is yours? Um, I'm not quite sure. I saw, hi, Shana. It popped up and then it went away. So I don't know where to find it from here. So. Right. Yeah. Well, if they said, hi, Shana, I think they know you rather Maybe. than me. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. I looked at it. I was listening. So I'm not quite sure who that was, but hello. Thank you for. So, I, I think kind watching. of one thing with social is what we're, what we're doing. And it really just occurred to me now is that I'm aiming to my own audience. I'm saying, I want to communicate with my audience, something that I think is useful, but I also, also want to reach out to your audience and bring them into my mindset. Is that a fair assessment of what social is yeah. all about? Oh, for sure, absolutely. And then it's about sharing your mindset with your audience's audience. So there, there's a whole, there's a lot of different rollaways that can go with it. So it's great. Yeah, okay, no, please expand on that. So I've got my audience, your audience, my audience's audience, and your audience's audience. So we're already <laughs> up to, what, 20 million people? All right, right, so we're, we're like crushing it right now. <laughs> Okay, now how do I not mess that up? What I tend to do is I just post a lot of stuff that I think is interesting. Um, and I'm pretty sure that isn't the best way to go about it. Not generally. I mean, in in the vast majority of cases, if you're really starting to pay attention to social media, you're you're selling something. You're selling a service, yourself, a product, you know, you've got something that you're trying to find an end goal to putting a piece of content out on social media, right? The first thing that's important is is deciding what is the end goal and then thinking about how they're going to get to that piece from the social media asset, right? So call to actions are really important. Um, making sure that you're, you're putting yourself in the user journey. So it's not really about you and what you love. It's about what your audience 
loves and wants to hear and how they're going to get to a place where they actually want to take the action, the, the awesome action of purchase that you're hoping for them to get to, right? But the cool thing about relaying to, sorry, go ahead. No, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking kind of like uh, social media is all about me. I'm not me personally, obviously, but me right. as a concept. I'm, I'm going out there and saying, I want to share with the world or, or express to the world how I feel. And in fact, you're saying social media for businesses at least is about bringing people towards us and to take an action, which is contradictory in terms of what social media was initially set up for. Well, ultimately, it's still about me, but me is the audience. Because for them, it's right. about me. And now you're having to serve them content that feeds the me, 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 me. And that's really where the trick is, is speaking to their give me the stuff that I want, right? right? Okay, so we could actually stop the interview here because it's all about <laughs> empathy and saying, right. I'm not serving me, I'm serving the me who's looking at me, as it were. Uh, and at that point, as a brand or a person, we're actually going to make a great social strategy. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you have that first and foremost in your head, and that's marketing in general. That's not just social. It's in, like everybody cares about themselves first, right? And then they start to care about other things. So if you can hone in on the things that they care about, that's going to be the first massive stepping stone into a great marketing strategy, whether it's social or wherever. Right. Okay. And the point, Dave, was how not to mess it up. I mean, that's obviously the right thing to do. And I think right. a lot of people, a lot of brands, a lot of people who work for brands have a great deal of difficulty actually looking out uh, and being empathetic towards what their audience is looking for. We tend to go me, 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 which is what social media is all about. Right. But we should be going the me in you. Or is it the you and me? I'm getting confused. It's very meta. I don't, you know. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what, so what, is, what are the things that we're all doing wrong that we should not be doing wrong anymore as soon as we've listened to this? Um, don't be about me, 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 you as the person. <laughs> nobody cares about you until you've made them feel like you care about them. So, you know, leave yourself out of it. Like, educate. Do things like that. Don't make it about like how awesome you are. One thing that I had um, a lot of former clients when I was in the video world ask for is like, we want to do all of these videos about how awesome we are and put them all over YouTube and social media. I'm like, no, because nobody cares about you. They care about themselves. They will eventually, hopefully care about you because you've given them pieces that help them care about themselves. But First, let's talk about the stuff that actually makes them want to engage in the first place. So stop being about me, me, me at the beginning. And you can eventually get there, but right. it's like a relationship. Oh, I, but I think kind of, oh, there, there is a problem is that we tend to see these stars of social media who talk about themselves and they get the audience. So you think that's where I should be. But in fact, what you're saying is we need to build up the empathy, the you in me, or it might be the me and you, I'm getting confused again. <laughs> But we get to a point at, at some point where people are actually interested in what we have to say. Is there a tipping point that you can define? You know, I, I look at it so, so often in like very strategic funnels and very strategic journeys as opposed to just like having a social media channel to have lights because really you can't deposit likes. What like what's the final goal, right? So if you have a million followers but they're not the right followers, I'd rather have 10,000 followers of the right followers who are going to spend money than a million who are just going to I don't know, comment on my cool pictures. Do you know what I'm saying? So um as far as like when the timing is right, I think it really depends on 
how long that particular person has been through your journey. For me, it's like about like there's all these strategies about retargeting and stuff like that. I feel like it should consistently be a give at first touch, which is really going to be Oh, give it Oh, sorry, excuse me. That's a quote. Give it first touch. <laughs> give at first quote. touch. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it should always be give at first, you know, and a lot of people may be looking at your social feed for the first time, even if you have a million followers, right? So what you don't want to do is hit them up with something spammy. That's like, here's how awesome we are. Like you can sprinkle it in, but you need to be like overcompensating consistently with really give at first touch uh, with really <laughs> giving them <laughs> valuable content or fun co- and val- value can be can be measured in different ways. It can be educational. It can be fun. It can just be bringing a smile to their face. It really can be a lot of different things. Yeah, I think we forget just making people smile is already an immense talent or or a great moment in anyone's day. Um, I mean, I remember back in the day when things were going very badly, I would think, I will smile once today, at least. And it happens and it happens every day if we make that effort. And, and if, if somebody can help me do that, I'm obviously very appreciative. But that brings me to another question. Sorry, what you were talking about before is yeah. you have a balance to bring between the new audience who are still interested more in themselves than they are in you and the existing audience who have got used to the you and are interested in you rather than the me, as it were. Right, right. You know, that's really where you can transition into like groups, like for Facebook, if you have like a personalized group that's for your business or for your personal brand, you can ask them to join the group. And that's more that can be more personalized content. It can be it can really be anything you want it to to be, but they've invested now more into you as a brand or a person. And that's where you can start doing things like the asks and the self promotion stuff. You still don't want to just do that. Like you still want to give value the way you were giving it before. But, you know, you want to make sure that you're bringing them into a space where they've kind of opted in for you to be a little more me, me, me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of segmentation, but it's segmentation is saying, actually, and if I might say so, I might be wrong. You're being promoted. Yeah. Right. I mean, isn't that, I mean, if you say to me, oh, come into my private Shiner Weisinger group, I feel like I'm being promoted. Isn't that also giving me the kind of gold star or the the sticker or the certificate? Yeah, it can be for sure. You know, I mean, a lot of the times people will kind of supplement those groups with like really cool interviews that they wouldn't put like actual like like we would go live just in your group here and I would do a and a with the group. Right. Like you can do hmm. really cool honed in strategies that get people to want to be into your group more. And then you've kind of got that opt in and now you can start, you know, being a little more. Me, me, me. Me, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. We, had this, we, we just had a comment, I think it was from Hallie, that said edutainment. Edutainment, yep. And I love that. Now, how can you balance the idea of education and entertainment? I mean, I used to do a – I was a blue dog in a kid's TV series, and it was all about entertaining children while explaining to them how the world works, what they have in the world. I mean, what's a swimming pool? How do you jump in a swimming pool? I mean, very simple things. I mean, how do you make that mix for adults? I can do it for kids, no problem at all. I can't do it for adults. (laughs) See, and I feel like I can do it for adults, but kids, it's like, I have no idea. Oh, right, (laughs) okay. You know, it's give that first touch. Um, Yeah, I think that, first of all, edutainment is a great word. It's a great way to put it. You don't want to give information in a boring way because nobody wants to watch that. So you're going to get skipped over very quickly. So, I mean, 
it can be like, there's a lot on TikTok. TikTok's actually leaning into education like in 2021. It's going to be like learn on TikTok. It's a whole okay. thing. So like, but that people on that platform who do it well, it's, it's entertaining. Like you can learn how to do recipes. You can learn how to do all this stuff and it's fun and it's exciting to watch. Um, while you don't even really know you're learning, you're just kind of having a good time as opposed to just delivering content in a boring traditional kind of way. Like you can sit in front of a camera and read from Wikipedia all you want, but that's not entertaining. <laughs> no, but you, sorry, I'm, I'm clapping my hands, but just because I'm getting overexcited because you've actually put your finger on the exact problem that 99% of brands have is they're boring. The people who work for them don't have that edutainment kind of aspect. They're, they're going to education, right. education. I'm going to teach you lots of stuff. And how do you in, insert that into your brand? How do you find these people who actually have the personality to, to make it entertaining to be educated? You know, that's tough because hopefully you have somebody in your company who's just fun on camera. They may not, like their role may be something that has nothing to do with social media, but if they, or even... I don't even know what their role is, but if they are charismatic and they're fun in front of a camera, put them in front of the camera and let them educate your, your, you know, audience, because you're going to get way more out of them doing that than you will out of somebody who doesn't really know how yeah. to present very well. And it's not a game for everybody. Like, can, ooh, can, sorry, can I ask another question? I'm, yes, I'm interrupting here, but, no, but one of the things is the funnest person in the room, the one who makes the party happen, isn't necessarily the person who's the most appropriate in front of camera. Is that right. true or am I wrong? I mean, the people who are kind of really, woohoo, look at me when you go to a party, uh, stand in front of the camera and completely yeah. freeze. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. That great. Well, and I did video production for so long, like way back in the day. And being a producer is hard because you'll be chatting with somebody and then that red light goes on and they're like panic. And so to get them to come out of it and to like relax and try to have a conversation, it's interesting because the people you feel like would be best on camera sometimes just are a nightmare, right? So um, there's ways that you can get around that. I mean, you okay. can practice. What's great is that like we have these awesome devices that have beautiful cameras on them and literally selfie style video is crushing it. Like you don't even need fully produced video anymore for social media. And so you can record, you can watch back and say, oh, that was horrible. Hmm. And then there's a little delete button and you don't have to post it anywhere, but there's practice. So you can always practice, watch it back, ask for feedback. You'll start to see things that you do that you're not really um, realizing, like saying the word um over and over and over again, or you have little ticks that you're not really recognizing. So watching yourself before you put it onto a platform for other people to watch is probably gonna be helpful. Yeah, those, those little ticks are something that, that annoy a lot. Uh, for me. Uh, but I, I had another thing is, I, I, I mean, I speak French and English, and I was doing some videos in French earlier on, and my daughter, who's also bilingual, came in the room and she said, you know, when you read it in French, you sound really staid. You don't sound like you're enjoying it. Yeah. And okay. when you speak it, you sound absolutely fine. And in English, it sounds the same either way. You can read off a teleprompter, or you can just kind of ad lib it yeah. um and and that was really interesting for me from my point of view because i was looking and thinking actually i'm natural everywhere and i'm not right I, yes. I i i freeze when i see the words written in french because french is my second language uh. <laughs> not enjoying <laughs> french i love french i just don't like reading it yeah. um, and i think part of that comes from my fear of how i will be judged by the public who are listening to it and it's right. counterproductive because the more i freeze 
the more they're going to criticize me because the less good it will be. How does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. I think that just rolling it up, like just go, like stop worrying about what people are going to think and just put it out there because ultimately people want to feel like they can relate to the person who's on that video. And if you are relatable and you're human, if you mess up, hey, you know what? French is my second language. I'm working on it. I'm doing my best. And then you keep on rolling with the punches. People want to go on that journey with you. So that that goes for like speaking on camera. It goes for speaking on stages. Like you become a real live person then. And that's when you become very interesting is when they can relate a little bit. With, with a tiny grain of salt. I mean, I had Geraldine, the writer, um, on a few weeks ago. She was talking about that pratfall effect. And it's when it goes wrong, people find you more relatable. But you can't allow that ha to happen all the time because you just become a prat. Yeah, you don't want to be chaos. Like You still <laughs> want to have it together a little bit. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, like we're all human. And when you can show that you're human, that's that's great for your audience. But they also don't want to expect you to just be madness every time you show up either. So right. that's a good I mean, Well, I mean, I take that to be that if you've got a, a basic foundation of quality content where you look reasonably intelligent, reasonably convincing, quite entertaining and yet informative, right. then you can start making those mistakes and people find it endearing. Is that fair? Yes, I completely agree. I do. And ultimately, like you can even do it from the beginning. Like I've, <laughs> I have told people who have been terrified of being on camera where we're just starting to make their content and they're doing a lot of selfie style stuff because like I said, it does really, really well. Um, I'm like, tell people, Hey, this is my first video. I'm really excited to start educating yeah. you guys because I feel like I have so much to offer and give that can help you in your life, but I'm nervous and we're just going to do it and we'll see how it goes. And then people are like, cool. Okay. Now if you mess up, you've already prefaced it by saying, Hey, you're either going to come on this journey with me or you're not. And if you're not interested in seeing this and it, I, I'm telling you, it's not going to be perfect, then move along and go find the perfect guru who's going to teach you the same stuff. So. Right. No, sure. hundred percent. And and it is that honesty that, that, that does bring a great deal of value. Uh, one other thing is that people look at videos or watch videos or listen to themselves. They hate their voice. They hate how they look. They hate the way they wink at the camera. <laughs> Hang on. I'll do that again. And they feel embarrassed about it. And as you can see, I've stopped being embarrassed about my silly winky face and my yeah. voice and my glasses and my bald head and my beard. And, and how do you get to that stage where you don't mind anymore that you don't look as perfect or sound as perfect as you have in your mind's eye? You know, I don't know that there's some like secret process to get to that. I mean, in life in general, how do you get to a place where you're like, I don't care what people think. Like that's... <laughs> That's tough, right? I so think never. I, sorry. Yeah, right, exactly. So, but what I would say is if you go like I can guarantee you anybody who is a great content creator who has a large audience, the very first handful of videos they did were a mess. A mess. Mm. And they mm. were for sure like their hair was funky, their lighting was terrible, they were tripping up on their words. They may have now since deleted those videos, but I do, I can guarantee you that they have existed in some capacity. So if you're ever feeling down about yourself and you're like, I'm not doing this perfectly, go and just start looking at the very, very beginning YouTube videos on some of these massive creators and just see if any of them still kind of live or see the light of day. Because uh, even the ones that did well then may have had the mistakes that you're worried about with yourself. Nobody starts perfect and you have to start somewhere. And it's like it's like sports. You have to practice to get to a place where you feel comfortable doing it constantly. And 
that you'll get to a place where you're like, it doesn't really matter if my hair is, you know, whatever, like it is what it is, <laughs> you know, you just yeah. get to that place eventually. Yeah, well, I mean, I had an interesting experience. I was looking at my videos on YouTube and I was seeing where the drop-off points are. Yeah. And they're not where I feel I'm the most stupid or idiotic or I say something that doesn't really fit. Right. Actually, I've, what I found is it's as soon as I mentioned, hang on, this is going to be a good one, money, boom, drop-off. Oh, okay. Uh, big yeah. pauses. When, 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 when I've obviously finished a big kind of chunk of content like that, yeah. There will be a drop-off. People will think, okay, that's the end of it. Um, so the drop-off points aren't when we are most ridiculous in our own minds. It's actually right. when people drop off their interest. And if it's you talk about money because that isn't part of the overall experience they're, ex they're expecting. Or right. if I suddenly said, oh, right, let's talk about cricket. I watch cricket in the UK. And, it, I mean, that, that would be a great drop-off point because I'm off topic. All of right. a sudden, is that true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to make sure that people are, you're giving them the content that they're there to consume. That's pretty much it. It's super simple, you know? Brilliant. Okay, <laughs> right, off video and back to what you shouldn't do. I mean, writing, I find that very difficult. I mean, uh, writing and knowing what to write, the right kind of hashtags, the right approach, uh, tagging people in. I'm, if we, We've got another six or seven minutes here. Um, I'm writing a tweet. I just kind of write, I think this is fun. Here we go. Put a couple of hashtags in. Tag in somebody I think might be interesting. That's not the way to do it, is it? Not generally. I mean, it, again, again, it's not like about what I think is awesome and funny. It's about what the people you think is going to. It's, that's that same mentality tracks through all of the different platforms. So, I mean, I, I just need to think what, what my audience think is interesting until I become some kind of superstar. Now, um, I, I did this animated GIF that we, we saw earlier on. I think it would be a really nice way to finish it because I thought this was <laughs> genius, is that machines like Facebook and Google and Twitter, they crop images. And I made this image, which is square to start with. It will do two-thirds, four-three. Then it will do 16.10, then it will do 16.9. And all of them look good, and all of them contain uh, the important information that I want to get across, which is the people, in this case, the guests for next month, who Christine McKay, David Davis, Cindy Crumb, Stefan Spencer, Melissa Fack, absolutely wonderful guests. You told me I've done it wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, no, you, told, you said, said it's it a good start. A valiant effort is what I said. <laughs> Sorry, yes. So first of all, the idea there is awesome. Like how do I take one piece of content and make sure it can be utilized for multiple platforms, right? And this also changes like whether you're posting natively, which is like on the app yourself or, you know, using a scheduling tool because it, there's different rules on what sizes you can post on those as well. So what I had mentioned was you're missing one really important aspect ratio and that's a vertical for stories because you're going to want that image for stories. You can post it on actually vertical, um, well, like portrait size video or images are doing really, really well too. So you're missing like the tall, tall aspects because you're eliminating some of idea was awesome, but you're all wrong. <laughs> you're just missing some of the platforms that you can utilize it for uh, later. And the other thing to note is that like, yeah, platforms will crop it themselves, but sometimes there are better sizes to post on these platforms that perform better than others, whether or not they're going to crop. You know what I mean? So like Twitter optimizes for landscape images. It just is what it is. But we also know that like, 
you're going to want a square that can actually, well, you can do portrait on Instagram, but you want it to be able to crop down to square properly because on your um, actual profile, it's going to be a square when they look at it. Instagram is like the king of cropping everything. So like you you want to start on IGTV with video vertical, right? And then you want to preview it to your feed. And then that's, you know, portrait size, which is three by or two by three, you know, the little tall one. And then it's got to crop down to be on your bio. So it's like, you got to be ready for all these crops to happen. Sure. I mean, but no one image can possibly fill all of those ideas. And basically what you're saying is I was being very lazy. I was saying I'm going to make one image and it's going to work for everything. And in fact, I should make, I mean, it actually comes down to two images. My same image reworked for the vertical that will then be cropped to the smaller size or am I still oversimplifying and still being terribly lazy? Well, you can technically do it that way. I think about like how, like, like I use a platform that, well, automatically post to a bunch of my different channels, right? And I know that like, if I start with a square and and put the post on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is going to want it to be landscape. So what it's going to do is add bars. So you'll have gross black bars. So you yeah. really want to post the right, the shape that's supposed to be on the platform natively. But if we're trying to just save time and cut corners, it is what it is. You know, you do what you can. But a scheduling tool isn't the worst thing either to help with that problem. No, sorry. It, 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 can, can I bring that back and bring it into yeah. two chunks then? I mean, the image I created was for my site. So when somebody clicks on the link, it shares it, and it's still reasonably okay in sure. whatever platform. But what you're saying is now, if I want to go up to the next level, I need to make the different images for the different platforms that truly suit that platform and post to them using the image that's actually created and designed for that platform. Is that true? That's true. That's totally true. The only exception to that is going to be like, if it's video IGTV, because it's going to crop multiple times. So that's where you know, okay, I need to make sure it works. And like just FYI for the friends filming out there, if you're going to do an IGT video on your video, on your phone, selfie style, make sure your head's right in the middle because when it previews to the feed, it's going to cut off the top of your head. Can I ask a question? What are you saying? IGTV? IGTV. It's Instagram television. So they want you to post to IGTV instead of the Instagram feed because the algorithm has been favoring that. So what happens is you post to IGTV, it's vertical. It's like the full screen of your phone. And you can, there's a little toggle button that says preview to feed. So then what happens is now it shows up on the feed when you're scrolling, but it's cropped down from the top and the bottom a little bit. So now it's portrait, which is just a little bit taller than square. But then it's gonna land also on your profile, which is square. So it's gonna cut down even more. So you can do things like add a thumbnail, or you just make sure that the whole video is able to crop down twice to fit there. So you have like a that mentality that you did is actually exactly what you have to do for video on IGTV. Right. Image is not so much. I mean, but I, I mean, what I'm hearing now is actually the mentality is 100% correct. Whatever platform you're on is that you need to think, where is this going to get cropped? Because it's going to get repurposed automatically. I mean, that's your business actually repurposes manually, but it's going to get repurposed whether you like it or not. Right. Um, and basically, whatever's the most important needs to be right in the middle. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Make sure you've got a little bit of a margin for error, like physically. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, whatever the platform is. Sorry, this is me thinking out loud. Uh, whatever the platform, there is always a square in the middle. 
that is always going to be present. So if I be in the middle, so if I want my red shirt to be present, I need to make sure that this is the middle and that Correct. there's material out this side, material up at the top, material down the bottom. Um, and I think my biggest mistake and where you're saying uh, I'm sabotaging my social media is that I'm not paying or spending the time necessary to create specific formats for specific platforms. Right. Yeah. And it's super easy to do. Like you can use something like Canva. You can, there's tools out there that you can use where you can't like, you can have literally a freelancer create like the same kind of image in three different sizes for you. And then you can go through and swap them out. I mean, it's, there's easier ways to do it than like a full fledged new design for every image you put on your social media. So it's not really as um, aggressive as it sounds. No. Okay. You're saying get yourself a template. But sorry, that brings me to a new question is that every time I do something, I have to have a new template. And you're saying maybe not. I mean, can I say for an entire series or for my entire life, I've got this template that I will use for all these different platforms? Am I going to look boring? And if I might just insult you, I notice that the same photo of you comes up all the time. Yeah, that's something that we've been rotating them lately. So it's something that my PR team was sending to all of these places the one headshot. And so I'm like, that's turned into like, hey, there's a series of photos, allow them to choose. So <laughs> I agree but, but, with you there for sure. No, but I love that idea. It, it's we can template, but if you template too much, you end up being innocuous and boring and uninteresting. Right. Yeah. And so oh, that's- Sorry, I just told you you were innocuous, boring and uninteresting. No, no. You, you said that one photo may have been, but as far as <laughs> templates go, you can have multiple templates. Like the way that we do it is like we we rotate through a dozen different templates, but they're there. They're in all the different sizes. You know, you can just replace images of people, text, information, logos, whatever it is that you need to be replacing within it. Um, but you can have a series of them and just pick and choose so that it's not getting boring on the feed. And you're not looking like it's the same piece of content every single time. Brilliant. Absolutely lovely. And I would just like to add more one more thing before we end there is that think about your templating before you actually start pushing it out. Because once you push it out there, it amplifies, we hope. Uh, and once it's amplified, it's too light. And all of that is out there and it's not formatted correctly. So make sure you get your templates correct before you start. Talk to somebody like Shaina, for example, <laughs> to understand how best to template for different platforms. Uh, I mean, the amplification problem, uh, it's phenomenally big for all of us. It is. It really is. It, it, the problem is social media is insatiable. You know, there's, you're never going to be done. So making sure that you have a very like savvy strategy to create the content, to make sure that that content's going to scale appropriately. So being able to create like one piece of long form content that you can then repurpose a whole bunch of pieces out for social media. The problem that people run into is they end up chasing having to create content for social. And if you can eliminate that and know that your social media posts are a part of our larger content strategy, then you're going to be in very, very good shape. Right. Okay. One last question, actually. I said that was the last question, but it's not. <laughs> okay, the the last question is, in fact, social media, I get it wrong today. It will disappear tomorrow. I don't care. It's yes and no. I mean, yes and no as far as like, okay, so for instance, Facebook has a five-hour time span on social posts, right. on social media feeds. So when you post up uh, something on Facebook, if nobody comments on it or shares it or whatever, it has five hours to live that people will see it. And then that's it. 
That's it. Unless people go to your social profile and start scrolling and looking for that piece of content. So yes, it dies quickly, but it always kind of lives there forever. You know what I mean? It just depends on how you're going to look at it. If, is it something that's going to hit somebody without them looking for it? Or are they going to dive into the archives and do yeah. you know, search no, on it? What is that thing is I post something and I'm hoping it's going to kind of catch in that first five hours on Facebook or whatever it is in 20 minutes on Twitter. Um, yeah. And if it's wrong, if I've messed up, I really hope it doesn't. So kind of basically, if I've got it wrong, it lives forever if I've hit that sweet spot. Right. Um, so, yeah, getting it wrong is a really bad idea. And that's how you shouldn't sabotage your social media. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shana. That was absolutely wonderful. Please, everybody who's been here today, join us next week um, and next month. In fact, we've got a big SEO month, which is going to be a great deal of fun. Uh, thank you, Shana. You were absolutely wonderful. I found that incredibly informative. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> a quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Shana. <laughs> thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>